Welcome to the Business Herald podcast. The Business Herald is a weekly roundup of all of the top UK business news stories by email, social media, and this podcast. The podcast will feature some of the week's main stories, and we'll be joined by various business people on each episode to discuss the week's news and how it might impact a smaller business like yours. And hopefully we'll have some fun on a Friday too. I'm your host, Stephen Mather. I'm a lawyer for SMEs, and I help business owners sleep better at night by sorting their legal problems out. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Business Herald. So welcome along to episode 19 of the Business Herald podcast. It's the first week back after the Christmas break and, well, the whole world continues to surprise us. This week, I'm joined by Simone Bell and Gavin Bates. Simone is an award-winning entrepreneur and public speaker. She owns an event management business, develops and sells children's products, and also coaches Christian entrepreneurs, helping them to rediscover their purpose and get paid their worth. Gavin is a chartered certified accountant and licensed insolvency practitioner with over 30 years experience in helping SME businesses, both in insolvency situations and with business owners looking to retire. Gavin's been on the show before, so welcome back. And Simone, it's your first time, so we'll try and go easy on you. Okay, so this week, the whole world was hoping that 2020 would be left behind and that 2021 would offer something completely new. But to use a Boris world, alas, that has not materialized just yet. Indeed, with the last-minute changes to the Christmas bubble and numbers apparently rising quicker than Tesla's share price, President Johnson decided on Monday to put the country back into national lockdown. Lockdown three, people are calling it, or if you're in Leicester, uh, like I am, it's lockdown five, six, seven, I can't remember. Who's counting, right? Um, The following day, Rishi Sunak, the the Chancellor, announced fresh funding worth £9.4 mostly aimed at shops, hospitality uh, sector, forced to close. Um, uh, and that support is in the way of further business rate-based uh, grants. Of course, the furlough scheme and self-employed scheme remain in place until April anyway. So, Simone, I come to you first. Um, no one wants a lockdown uh, from a business point of view, but uh, I think most people appreciate that uh, lockdown seems to be the right thing to do. Um, has, has it impacted upon you and your business and your clients? Um, yes, it certainly has. Like you said, you know, it's the balance between understanding that the lockdown seems to be the best thing because of the pandemic. But the impact has been great. I mean, myself, I run an event management business and that was, well, that's been impacted. Everything's stopped. Obviously, you can't run events. You can't have um, people. So that sort of, that industry has been hit really hard. So since, since March last year, since the beginning, basically, that has impacted. And yeah, with clients that I've coached and depending on what industry they're, they're in, it really has been hit hard. And, and if I'm honest, I think... This time around lockdown three or four, five, six, whatever for Leicester. I'm not based in Leicester, but the lot that I'm sadly, I, I'm not sure whether some businesses are going to survive this. Whether you know, they may have been able to scramble through one, two, but I think that this is going to hit um, a lot of people really hard and there may be some casualties. I mean, if you think about some people that run limited companies, you know, uh, at the director and they were living on a smaller wage and then getting paid, paying themselves dividends. Well, the furlough scheme doesn't cover that. So that and now just trying to get 80 percent of a very small wage. That's where financial difficulties really come in. So, you know, Gavin might be better to talk about that than me. But I'm just saying, I think that there are going to be many more casualties with lockdown three. 
Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's, it's sad but true. Um, there was some. There was a report in in the papers this week about uh, business cash flow, shall we say, and how much um, you know money cash reserves businesses had generally, and um, and it was more than half had less than three months um, of of cash to keep them going, and um, and and I thought that figure is probably quite high for the the smaller businesses, and by smaller businesses I'm talking you know those people that perhaps employ less than five people, um, down to you know sole trader, solopreneur kind of people, um, and I would have thought that actually most of those might not even have a month's um, you know money cash in the bank uh, reserves, and so so yeah with without 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 funding available and with some some people still not able to work at all, it, incredibly difficult. Um, we've seen um, we've seen a lot of the the big retailers, obviously, with their announcements and their you know um, uh, financial reports, doing incredibly badly on the high street, but kind of turning it round almost on. Um, by doing it online. Um, so, uh, so, so um, Marks and Spencer's obviously with Ocado doing okay. Um, Sainsbury's uh, pick up Jules, the clothing um, brand, you know, all uh, next as well have this, you know, they've, they've kind of adopted um, a much more online presence and that seems to have worked. And I, and I wonder sometimes whether or not there's some businesses that um, perhaps... <laughs> Perhaps some of the funding might be uh, well spent if they if they use that to kind of turn their business into an online type business or at least to have some sort of online offering to give them some some way of attracting it. Um, but that's difficult because if you're a business that only has you know a month or two months um, cash in the bank, you don't want to be spending five or ten thousand pounds on a on a on a basic website to be able to do it because you want to kind of have that cash in the bank. So it's probably a bit of a chicken and egg situation, really. It is. I think it is. And I, I mean, well, we know since um, this has all started, the, the, the key word has sort of been pivot. And so a lot of people are having to pivot and find different ways, different offerings. Like you said, they're moving online. It has been um, the way forward. But I think even with that, so in some ways, the, if we're talking about pros and cons, in some ways that's been really good. People have been able to pivot, find new ways, go online. I started a new business, like the children's business started in, in the lockdown. So there has been, there's been opportunities, but at the same time, because everyone's doing it, it's been very, it's, it's got very noisy online and very, it's very crowded. So you've really got to be thinking then, okay, how am I going to stand out amongst the crowd and what's going to make people buy from me uh, other than somebody else? Because if the big high street stores and the, you know, these big guys are having, having trouble, the smaller businesses are, are as well. And so it's really with that, there are great opportunities, but you've also got to have a really um, robust sort of marketing plan to stand out amongst the crowd. Yeah. Gavin, um, have you seen? Uh, I, I, I know the kind of the the expectation of insolvency practitioners over the last year has been well, you must have been really busy. But actually, I think the reality probably hasn't been you know a lot of insolvencies or a lot of um, you know liquidated insolvencies. Um, but do you think that that's that's going to change? Is that you know is is now the time where actually lots of businesses are going to fold? And we we saw that that. You know the first announcement this week of a, you know a major one paper chase in the high street um, going into administration. Do you think that's going to flow now that businesses are just they've got to the end? It's been nine months of difficulty for them, and they're just going to run out of steam. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are a number of things that, that are worthy of 
uh, mentioning. I mean, you know, the third lockdown is is not what anybody wanted, but I think we could all see that it was going to come. Um, what's that going to lead to? Well, uh, it's inevitably going to lead to a double dip recession, I think. Um, I, I can't see how we're going to avoid that, which is going to knock people's confidence. Yeah. Um, you know, the, my personal view is that, you know, if we come out of lockdown by the end of March, I'll be surprised, um, uh, number one. And inevitably, we're not just going to get to 31st of March, which I think is the date it's in legislation where they have to have another vote. Yeah. Um, we, we're not going to go from tier five back to tier one. So, you know, if you're a, if you're a pub, for example, you know, you could not be opened until, say, May or June, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and I, I just don't know how you're going to deal with that moving forward. I, I, I read a report this morning about the Mitchell and Butchless group. Yes, yeah. Harvester and, uh, and, and they, they were saying that they're losing sort of £40 million a month just having their premises shut. Um, now, I've sort of worked it out using the, the sort of Rishi Sunak's um, announcement. They'll probably get about £15 million in terms of uh, relief, but they're losing £40 million a month. Mm. So, you know, how on earth are they going to you know, keep their business afloat moving forward? I mean, that's, that's a large company with a large example. Yeah. But, you know, every, every company will have similar situations moving forward. Um, and uh, inevitably and unfortunately, I can't see anything other than more and more business failures coming off, um, you know, in the next few months. And the other aspect that I think a lot of people have forgotten is that um, within the next couple of months, anybody who's deferred their VAT is now going to become due. And anybody who's taken out, a, you know, a C-bills or a bounce-back loan, um, those first payments will start coming out of your accounts in the next uh, two, three months. Um, so it's going to be another draw on your cash, which you probably don't have anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so those two points. So I think, um, I think you're right in that the, the recovery doesn't happen overnight. We don't go through lockdown, come out of March in, into April and go, Hey, everything's all back to normal. It's just not going to happen. And, and, and even with the, um, uh, the government well-publicized line of, you know, the, the vaccines are coming and it's going to save everybody. Um, the, the, the simple fact is operationally, we've got so many people to, to vaccine that it's going to take a period of time. We just can't, you know, even if we're doing a million a week, it's still the whole population is going to be by the end of, uh, by the end of the year, beginning of next year, just, just practically speaking, we've got too many people to do it. Um, and, and at the moment, the things that we don't know about the vaccine, for instance, is how how long it gives us, you know, somebody immunity or how long it kind of keeps them. So, you know, it, it might be, you know, come to next year and all of a sudden or, or the end of this year and they go, well, actually, um, it's no longer no longer working or the beginning of next year, for instance, and we need a top up. Um, so there's, I think there's always going to be that issue. It's not going to come out and we're not just going to come um, and get back to normal pretty quickly. And I think you're right as well with the, the VAT side of things, um, the, those deferred payments, should I say. It's a phrase that, um, uh, you know, we've said now on every single podcast that uh, I think we've, we've done, which is the, the kicking of the can down the road. Um, and we are now coming to the point where we're, you know, the, the can is on the horizon and it's, uh, it's no longer a can. It's a massive big container and, uh, and it's changed. It was a can, but now it's, uh, it's to the point where lots of small businesses, like you say, you know, I, th- I think I'm right in saying that uh, roughly speaking, if, if somebody took out the, the full amount of the bounce back loan, 
um, that they'd be paying, uh, that they're going to be paying something like £600 a month back. Um, and that starts in uh, May, June time, I think, isn't it? Um, and, and, you know, how is how a business is going to, you know, uh, you know, afford that cash flow wise. So, yeah, it's a, a, a difficult, difficult time for us. Um, but I think, I think, Simone, I come back to what you were talking about. And, and I, I, actually, I don't really like the word, the, the pivot word. It's, it's kind of almost, it's, it's like the business world's word of the year, 2020. Um, and, and I get it. But I, what, I, what I really find fantastic and, uh, and, and brilliant is people that are, you know, like you saying, well, actually, I couldn't do this part of my business. So I had to do something else. Um, and, and they're the people that, um, that this country completely and utterly depends on There's those small businesses, those entrepreneurs that are actually going out and doing something rather than the people that are sitting on their backside saying, well, I can't do anything. Um, and where's my money? Right. Why, why have I not got more money, you know, from the government? Uh, you know, it's not fair that, um, you know, because I wanted to try and avoid tax and I took, you know, cash jobs, and my, you know, income's only showing at, you know, 10 grand a year that I only get 80% of that. That's not fair because that person's getting 80% of their full wage. And, mm-hmm. and, and there's, uh, I don't want to kind of berate the, you know, the, there's lots of small businesses that just haven't been able to work at all and maybe aren't in a position to be able to reskill or do something different. Um, and, and I get that. Um, but if you're a business owner and you can't work, then I think the onus is on you to try and find a way to be able to do something to generate some money. Yeah, I, I would agree because the thing, well, my mindset, well, well what's the alternative? You know, mm. the fact of the matter is you still have bills to pay. You still have, um, you know, things that we have to, we still have to live. And so it, I, you're right. It is um, the onus to try and find something to do find some other offering, whether that's completely retrain. I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, go out and retrain. Well, some people, can't do that and you know do that so but if there's a way that you might not be able to do that part of your business but is there something else you can do I mean that's where a lot of say um the fitness guys have have been done really well you know can't open my gym but however I can jump on zoom and run some fitness classes obviously everyone's inside want you know that wants to try and stay fit so it's just thinking outside the box and to be honest as an entrepreneur that's sort of what we do and what we that if we're calling ourselves an entrepreneur, that's what we're good at, you know, thinking outside of the box, thinking, what can I do instead? How can I turn on your, I don't like the pivot word. I just brought it up because it <laughs> it's, just, it's a suitable word, but yeah. it's a suitable word, but how can you do something different and how can you still try to bring in, in some money? Because you're right. You know, that there, there is the, the, the VAT and everything looming. We've, we've got to get to that. And I don't know what's going to happen. I said to someone at the, the end of last year, it's so funny because everyone was, you know, sort of thinking about 2021 and the new year and that, and it is good. And I do believe that, but it was almost, we thought that COVID was going to disappear as soon yeah. as the clock struck. Christmas, Christmas <laughs> has finished and we'll open yeah. the door and COVID's gone. It is, it's gone. <laughs> no more an issue. Exactly. Sadly not. It's not, it's, but so we've still got to be thinking ahead and, and thinking what can we do? And, and you're right, I think I've been saying, I mean, whether or not lockdown is going to go on throughout 2021, we don't know when we're really going to get back to any sort of normal. So we've got to think, what can we do in the meantime? And where can we bring an in income? Because we need to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Well, it's a slightly connected uh, note. Boris Johnson was giving a talk to um, some heads of business and, uh, and he said that now is the time to, uh, with, with Brexit and, uh, and coronavirus, et cetera, now's the time to cut red tape. And he invited business owners to say, you know, to, to tell him what, you know, business owners wanted him to do, be able to do um, in terms of cutting red tape. Now, red tape um, kind of depends on what it is that you're doing. So I know people, for instance, that are, you know, export to, uh, to Europe at the moment and the amount of red tape that they're going to have to go through because of Brexit is, is enormous um, to try and sell so much so that I know, I know businesses that have said we're, we're, we're stopping at the moment until that kind of works out, irons itself out and we understand what's going on. Um, so it kind of depends on what you're doing. But my question to you guys is, if you had a, a channel of communication to Boris Johnson now in terms of, you know, red tape and paperwork, what would you say he needs to be able to do to help uh, the small businesses? Gavin, what do you say? Um, I think for a small business, uh, you know, I'm a small business. that I've got um, three employees in total. Um, I probably end up spending a, a day of my week just dealing with regulations, um, whether that's um, money laundering, whether that's uh, dealing with employees, pensions, etc., and that whole area just needs to be overviewed, overviewed, over, you know, just gone through and, and, and changed. There's just, you know, why do I have to fill in the same forms as um, you know a PLC for money laundering, etc.? It, it, it just there doesn't seem to be any parity between what a small business does and what a large business does in terms of you know, risk, I mm. suppose, would be the way I would look at it. Um, we all seem to have to do the same regardless of our size. Um, I know you have things like small accounts and, and stuff like that, but actually behind that, we still have to run our accounting software just like any other business Yeah. Um, and record everything just like every other business. So, you know, it, it's there's just mountains and mountains of paperwork. And I think for most entrepreneurs, that's what drags them down. Um, you know, they, they want to get on and, you know, run their business and, and generate sales and income and all the rest of it. But actually, you know, reluctantly, I meet so many directors who, you know, have been worn down by life and, you know, no longer see where their business is going because all they can see is the amount of paper beside them. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. And for myself, I'd love to see, well, similar to what Gavin is saying, but, you know, some of the assistance and the help is for, businesses that have premises but if you're if you work from home and you don't have the premises where's the help like yeah. so you know for, for me that's big more help for for mm. home-based businesses yeah and and that's one of the problems and one of the criticisms with um rishi's fresh uh funding it's like well great if you've got business premises yeah. then you're going to get some 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 grant here but if you've not then you know you're, you're kind of you, you you're stuck with what has already been offered and you're not going to get anything. Yeah. I, I do wonder whether the whole idea is that, you know, the, the rate system is a system that they can use and they can identify, et cetera. And, you know, I, I said right at the beginning of the first lockdown, perhaps actually the better way of offering support would have been, instead of deferring people's VAT, just don't collect it. Say, right. look, you know, here's, you know, you don't have to pay that quarter's VAT. Mm. Um, you know, every I, business would have got a reward which would have been related to their you know trading during that period of time 
I, I wondered the same, actually. Um, uh, not 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 necessarily about VAT, but about the uh, the you know the business bounce back loans, yeah. and and whether or not actually um, it would be bearing in mind how much of that is going to is, is you know is going to go to fraud and not going to be repaid anyway. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it was just feasible or possible for the government to turn around and, and forgive forgive that kind of debt. And just turn around and go. Okay, well, look, kind of, you know, pay it back if you can, and if you can't, then, you know, don't worry about it. And and but that's there's a there's a report in today's Times actually saying about debt collectors wanting to, um, you know, get on get on uh, chasing the you know the debts from bounce back loans, and they reckon they can get in an extra six billion pounds worth um, of taxpayers' money. Um, and I and I just wonder whether or not all the taxpayers generally that I talk to are. Um, uh, sort of satisfied with the fact that they're going to have to pay extra tax, right? Most people now realise that um, that this has cost us an absolute fortune and they're going to have to pay extra tax. So I just wonder whether or not a calculation could happen that says, well, how much extra tax, tax would it be if we, if we wrote those um, wrote those amounts off or we said do you know what instead of paying them uh, you know back if you can pay them back pay them back and if you can't then don't um, and, and that that level of almost support would really make a difference to a lot of small businesses make a massive difference mm. I mean I, I quite like I think the notion and the idea has been put out there of the uh, bounce back loans being similar to the old student loans and they're you know so they're sort of related to your ability to pay so if you have yeah. a good year pay more if you have a poor year you don't pay anything at all and yeah that that seems to make a bit of sense for me yeah Yeah. seems to be logical absolutely and 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 it's a relatively easy simple easy uh solution to work instead of paying on a monthly basis repayments um back to the bank you you just pay an extra amount of tax um and, and you know and work it that way and yeah look doing it doing it that way no doubt people would they'll there's there's always going to be people that you know, defraud the system and um, and try and minimise the amount of, 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 you know, profit that they're making so they don't have to repay things. So there are always going to be people like that. But actually, the vast majority of SMEs are honest, decent, hardworking uh, people or, or, or business owners. And I think, you know, they, they would. I would also see people that, you know, we've, which we've seen with some of the big retailers going, do you know what, we've done really, really well. And so I'm happy to pay that. You know, here, here's a million pounds back. I'm happy to pay that back because we, we've we've done okay. Um, and there'll always be people like that as well. Hopefully, um, people like that. That you know, they've actually got that kind of you know level of decency within them. Definitely. Good. Um, one of the other things that uh, that, that cropped up, which um, Gavin is an expert on, so I wanted to talk to Gavin about, which was this: the um, a report saying that uh, solvent company uh, winding ups were the highest and that's been put down to um to people um effectively just deciding to uh to shut up shop and close their business so gavin did you want to do you want to um kind of give us a brief explanation of what solving solvent business winding up solvent members voluntary liquidation is and and how it works and how people can can use it okay so uh, I, I mean i've always found the word solvent liquidation is a bit of a unfortunate term really because you know these are people who've been successful and they you know for whatever reason they decide to exit their business so it is just a process to deal with that exit um i mean it's fairly straightforward you know it's just a meeting of the directors and shareholders they appoint a liquidator and ultimately the liquidator's job is to return the cash within the business back to the shareholders 
Um, the numbers of solvent liquidations have been going up for a, a few years now. Um, and there are a number of reasons why that is. Um, uh, there was a survey done last year, and I think it's something uh, strange, like one in five of all directors registered at the company's house is over 65. So there is, there is a generation of directors who are naturally looking to retire, number one. Um, number two, we've got you know, a huge amount of companies uh, which were set up um, where people were selling their personal services through their limited company. And because of IR35, that's all coming to an end. So you know, I've seen quite a lot of people who are going back into the world of employment and, and so no longer need their uh, limited company so they're, they're winding them off for that um, and number three and, and obviously I think what the lockdown has done for a lot of people is it's made them sit there and, and actually think about what they want in their life um, and for uh, quite a lot of people they've made that decision that actually they no longer want to be working and you know they they're going to go down a different route whether that's retraining or you know going down a, a different career path um, so yeah so we are seeing a large increase in the number of solvent liquidations. Um, the other aspect to it is that um, when you get the funds back out of your limited company through a solvent liquidation, um, that's paid to you as a, a, um, a sort of capital return on your shares. So it's, a, it's capital gains tax that you're paying rather than income tax or dividend tax, et cetera. And those rates were a lot lower um, so at this moment in time, it is the sort of top tip for which rate is the, uh, the chance they're going to change in the next budget. Um, it's not a rate that they said in their manifesto that they would keep the same. So it obviously yes. is open to change. And there was a Treasury uh, report just before Christmas, which sort of said, well, this seems a bit unfair and perhaps the rate should be the same as income tax, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Whole it's, combination it, of factors that are coming together. Like, likely to, uh, it seems likely that it's, it's going to change. Most um, sort of accountants that I've spoken to seem to have a view that it's going to be uh, increased and, you know, um, normalized. And indeed, you know, similar kind of thing, selling your business, entrepreneurs relief or business uh, asset disposal relief um, is going to change as well from its 10% uh, tax rate to something different to align it again um, to take away some of the benefits, I guess. Um, but yeah, in, interesting one. I, I certainly I've seen a couple of clients as well um, that over the last nine months, and, and it's you know those clients of a certain age, um, getting to the point and thinking, well, why why am I doing this? You know, why do I need to carry on? It's uh, it's hard work, um, and uh, and actually the, the the lockdown has made them realise that retirement probably has its perks. It's okay if you can afford to do it, I guess. I mean, it's interesting. I, I was. Um, talking to a couple of directors before uh, Christmas who were looking at um, winding their business down and, and they've been going for 30 years, uh, very successful um, and the directors were 67 and 72. So you think, well, actually, this seems like a natural way of concluding that particular business. Um, and my, my great surprise at the beginning of the new year, I sort of chased them off and see what was going on. And they sat there over Christmas and, and bizarrely enough, the 72 year old had decided that actually he couldn't quite work out what he was going to do in his retirement. So he was just going to carry on trading. <laughs> just carry on. It gives me something to do. <laughs> yeah. So you can have the, the other side of the coin as well, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
so was there has there been any news stories in the week that uh, that have caught uh, caught your attention? Um, and it doesn't have to be business related, but anything that sort of you you know you you saw and you thought actually that's interesting or that's worth discussing. You know, going anything caught your eye? Um, I, I suppose it wasn't a story as such, but it, it, you know it's, it's obviously growing as as an issue. Is uh, I'm a big sort of sports fan, and uh, rugby union is my 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 love and my passion etc and with you know like a, a lot of sports we're seeing an increasing number of games being postponed yeah um and you know there's a little bit of clamor for perhaps having some kind of break etc on both football and uh, mm. and rugby yeah um, of course the the, the tigers saints match was cancelled because saints were scared <laughs> yeah well i, I mean as a, as a tigers fan yeah they're always scared it, it always surprises me that Saints fans are always very confident on a Monday of the week that they play the game. But by Friday, they're very um, nervous about how it's going to go. Just, you know, it doesn't <laughs> matter how good Leicester are playing or not playing. They always get nervous towards the nearer mm. the game it becomes. And, mm. and like you say, they've, they've obviously dipped out. Yeah. Um, but it, I suppose it's that bigger question in terms of, well, you know, will this season for 2020-21 be tilted by the fact that well you know you only ended up in this position because you didn't play so many games because you were postponed. It's a tough one, and um, and I think there's there's a there's a flip side that seems to have been considered by um, you know the the elite sports groups, and that actually if we're not allowing people to play sports and we're keeping them at home, then it, there's a mental health issue of just people going and completely getting depressed. So actually giving them some sports to watch on TV, um, it at least kind of gives somebody something to do. Um, And I I think it's tough when you see, you know, clubs, um, uh, you know, having a a bout or struggling to contain coronavirus in their squad or in the team or whatever, and, um, you know, matches being cancelled. And I've seen discussions about whether or not they should you know, put a, another break in the league or um, in various leagues and, and that kind of thing. But I think the overriding thing seems to be reading between the lines is um, actually giving people something to do and something to, to watch, something to um, to follow is a benefit, bearing in mind no one can do anything else right now. Um, yeah, I think that's important because of the impact of um, mental health, the, the discussion um, that the lockdown has really, since the beginning, for, yes, the economy, yes, jobs and everything, but the impact on people's mental health has, has been a, a massive thing. So I think that actually, yeah, let's give people something. I was also going to add, Stephen, I just thought, how could I forget when you asked me about the news, was what was happening in Washington? <laughs> that was... There was a little, bit, little bit happening over there, wasn't there? Just, just a little bit. I was like, how did that escape me? Yeah. So. Yeah. Certainly, um, uh, some people would say the culmination of, you know, the last four years of, of Trump's rule. Some people would say um, uh, there's a there's a marked uh, disparity between how they uh, how they the press uh, reported upon um, uh, these mostly uh, white middle American protesters um, compared to when uh, Black Lives Matter um, organizations were doing very similar and they were riots um, and uh, and so there's a, there's a lot of kind of the, the, that, that politics around it um, but from a from a from a business point of view or markets point of view 
um, they the, the markets, American markets in particular, seem really quite buoyant about Biden. And still, you know, even even when that was all kicking off on uh, was it Wednesday um, yeah. evening, wasn't it? Um, yeah. The next day, the, the markets in America were all up because Biden's coming in. And um, and so it's it's yeah, it's quite remarkable, although there is an asterisk to that is that America is in a bit of a, a bubble at the moment and shares just keep going up and, and up and up and up. And um, and it's going to burst at one point uh, like it did in the dot com crash uh, and that kind of thing. But yeah, a, a major I think probably fair to say it's it's probably quite a, a major historic moment um, and something that will be talked about for a long time. Um, whether or not Trump faces any um, any other penalties apart from being banned on social media, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be impeached or uh, anything like that. I suspect probably not. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll kind of see how that one pans out. But um, you can yeah. never you can never know what loose cannons are going to do, can you? That's the thing. But from yeah. a from everyone else's point of view it's just like well some idiots have done this and we all have to kind of carry on and uh you know yeah. and, and move on i i'm not sure and this goes a little bit beyond um you know this kind of podcast i'm not i'm not sure personally speaking how i feel about um trump being banned from twitter and facebook and the like um because because of this reason, um, they 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 banned him because of you know in uh, his alleged incitement for, of violence, right? Um, and they're private platforms, so they can do what the hell they want. It's not a public platform, you know. They they set the rules, so I, I understand that aspect of it. Um, but they they are kind of quasi public now because that's just the way it is. Um, and to be able to stop somebody seems to me to be potentially. Um, a uh, a blocking of someone's freedom of speech. There is that. There um, is that side of things. Whether you know, I'll leave my feelings about Donald Trump off here. But I taking that away, I do see what you are saying, um, and that has been a discussion because it, the minute you start ban banning freedom of speech, that impacts all of us. And mm -hmm. how far will this go? It's and it's a really tough one, and it's and it's not something that um, it's not something that we can obviously go into too, into detail on this podcast. But I, when I did um, you know my 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 special podcast on diversity in the workplace, it's it's kind of it's there's enough room for me to be, maybe have another podcast on on this kind of issue. But there is a real a real difficult balance of that freedom of speech because I, I'm like I'm all for someone having you know their own opinions and their freedom of speech. But there's always a point where it's like, well, hang on a minute, that isn't an opinion that you, you can have. <laughs> and that's the thing. And that's the thing with Mr. Trump. It's what he incites. Mm. It is, that's the thing. So it's almost like two separate issues, if you will. Like, so I get the, the freedom of speech side, but then if you are inciting hatred and inciting, you know, this is the guy, you know, who a couple of months ago when it was the Black Lives Matter process, and I know we're going off on a tangent, but it was, you know, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, and yeah. then roll on to this, and it's, oh, stop, come home, you're special, we love you. Love you. Uh, here's some flowers and some chocolates, and thanks for your effort. Um, it was, yeah, marked you know, difference. 
much different. So it's almost the two separate, yes, you've got the freedom of speech aspect and it's like, okay, how far will this go? Will it start affecting all of us? But mm. then it's what Donald Trump incites and that must be stopped. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, mean, it, I think you're right, Stephen, on the, on the history point. The last time the uh, Senate got an attack was sort of 1830-something and I think that was when the British uh, took over. Yeah, I think we might have to go back. Um, so we, might have, we're, we're, we need to start rounding up some troops and maybe go back to America. I don't know. <laughs> Keep some calm. I, 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 thought, I, I thought something was funny I saw on the internet where um, if America had done what you know America did to itself somewhere yeah. else, it would be straight in and go, no, we're not, we're not having this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the, um, the kind of the irony of Russia and China stepping into America and going, hang on a minute, we need to have democracy. <laughs> would be would just be beautiful and bittersweet but um it's uh yeah the world as i said at the beginning the world was upside down in 2020 and 2021 appears to be no different uh, just I, yet i suppose what we do have to say is you know a bit like uh, brexit let's hope that 2021 brings a world where you know people can sort of reconcile themselves that things have happened and now we're moving forward um you know we've got the vaccines as well so you know, if we want to end, let's end with a positive note that, you know, with the vaccines coming through, Brexit, whether you're on the for or against side, at least we, we are where we are now and we, we can start working towards, you know, dealing with it, etc. And, and Mr. Trump having gone, maybe all those things have come together, you know, now uh, for positive reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think we're at least moving somewhere. Uh, we, yeah. we, it might not necessarily be moving forward but we're moving somewhere it's a destination uh, guys thank you very much for joining me on uh, this week's Business Hub podcast really appreciate you coming on thank you thank you for having me and to the listeners at home, thank you for joining us uh, again on, uh, on the Business Herald podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the show. If you uh, if you want to give your opinion on some of the things we've discussed, then we're on social media, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Um, follow us on there at the Business Herald and uh, give us your views. You can also subscribe to the podcast on wherever you download your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google. Um, hit the subscribe button and you'll get a notification every Friday afternoon when the podcast gets released. Otherwise, tune in next week. Thank you and goodbye.